So I'm going to preach around the circle tonight, like we in Joch. This must have been like Paul has felt, right, when he was preaching. Quite interesting. Let me just get my notes. Paul didn't have a cell phone. I feel sorry for him. Yeah. So anyway, he must have known the word of the Lord much better than I do, right? I don't, I'm not ashamed saying that. He did know the word better than I did. So tonight, I want to start with this. There's some nuggets I want to leave with you tonight. Because what happened here tonight, and while we're in this time of faith to flourish, and we're going through the book of Thessalonians, there was something that came to mind the whole time. Paul spent, some people say, when I was reading up about this and studying up about it, Paul said that, or, or some people say while, while you read up about it, that Paul was with, with the Thessalonians for maybe three weeks to five months. Most scholars says that he probably was with them from December to May month in that year when he was there with them. He met them. What Paul did is he went to the synagogue like he always does, and he goes and he speaks to the Jews first. And while he was speaking, some Jewish people came to know Christ. They became converts. And then also some of the, the people from the, the, the Greek people, or the people that's non-believers, also came to know the Lord. And what's interesting for me is when he writes the first epistle to the Thessalonians, he's writing to them because they are a church that's flourishing. We've been going here for two years about now since I've been with the young adults. And we've been a flourishing church. We've been going through, there's been ups and downs, there's been things happening in the church, but we're still a church. And I think we're in similar situation as to when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, because he was writing to them and he says, wow, you guys are doing so well. I want to just thank you. You know, you, um, the love you show for each other. And it's very interesting for me, the question kept popping up. What did Paul tell them in the five months he was with them that it became such a flourishing church? Because those things stuck with the people and they really became a church that moved forward. And I thought of that for tonight. I want to share that with you and I want to come to that place. You see, because the, in, in Thessalonica, what happened was, it was a city on, they had a harbor, and it was a trade station, you know, so it's very similar to Gauteng, I would say. You know, Gauteng is the, it's, it's the Mecca capital business, yeah. I don't know how you feel when you come from, let's say, Cape Town. Let's use Cape Town as an example. If you come from Cape Town and you drive and you enter Gauteng, it's a long drive. But the moment you enter, I'm not joking, the moment I enter Gauteng, my cell phone goes crazy. It's messages that's popping in like you cannot believe. Although there was signal outside Gauteng, the moment I step in, there's a busyness that's happening in this place. And I feel that's, that's because of the workspace and, and the things that's going on around here. So they were in a similar place where the people were trading. But these people, earlier Conway shared about people that did you in, maybe had promises and they didn't make it, you know, didn't come through with it. And the same thing was happening with the Thessalonians. They would trade, but as you would trade, I will up my price, you know. So you never had the trust of the people around you. And I feel maybe that's how we find ourselves in many areas. We cannot really trust the world outside. But within the church, they could trust each other. And that's where Paul writes to them. 
He says, treat each other as brothers and sisters, okay? So from there, I want to go and, yeah, just read to you 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1 to 12. And that's a scripture reading for tonight. It says the following, brothers and sisters, now I have some things to tell you. Paul wanted to tell them things, so it's quite interesting. We taught you how to live in a way that pleased God. We must live in ways that please God, right? So he says, we taught you that. So Paul lived with them. Within five months, he was able to live in such a way to show them what pleases God. And you are living that way. So he's encouraging them. You're already living that way. Like I want to encourage you guys tonight. You already are living in a way that pleases God. Now we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus to live that way more and more. You see, once you start living to please God, and once you, it's that thing in, in 1 John, it says, God first loved us. We love because He first loved us. And once I start loving God more and more because I realize how much He loves me, then I start loving His people more. So that's why Paul can say, oh, sorry, he can say, and live that way more and more. You know all that we have told you to do by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God wants you to be holy, okay? Remember that. He wants you to stay away from sexual sins. Remember that. God, okay, there comes the nuggets, people. Okay, holiness, sexual sins, here comes the nuggets. Okay, God wants each one of you to learn to control your own body. Use your body in a way that is holy and gives honor to God. The reason he says this is because in those temples, you know, in those times, um, my body was just a pleasure point, man. So I can go and do whatever I want with my body to give it pleasure. So I would go to the temple, not just to buy food, but to get other things as well. There's kids in the room. You find out, you know what I mean when I say it. Come on, guys, you young adults, you should know these things. Okay, yeah. You don't know, Udo. <laughs> That's a good thing, bro. Keep it there. <laughs> So don't let your sexual desires control you like the people who don't know God. Because they were just, it comes naturally, man. I can do with my body what I want to. Okay? Interesting. Never wrong any of your fellow believers or cheat them in this way. The Lord will punish those who do that. We have already told you this and warned you about it. God chose us to be holy. Again, he brings that holy in. He does not want us to live in sin. So anyone who refuses to obey this teaching is refusing to obey God, not us. And God is the one who gives you the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Paul says he gives you the Holy Spirit, which is done already. We don't need to write to you about having love. Nugget number three. Cool. Okay. Love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. God has already taught you to love each other. Isn't that amazing? That also struck me. God has told you to love each other. When I'm dependent on God and when I surrender to Him, He will teach me to love the people around me. He will help me to forgive. I will forgive. And in forgiveness, I will receive blessing. Okay? Cool. In fact, you love all the believers in Macedonia. So this church was really, man, the love was big. We encourage you now, brothers and sisters, to show your love more and more. 
Do all you can to live a peaceful life. Mind your own business and earn your own living. As we told you before, you see what happened was Paul worked with them. So it wasn't just a thing that Paul, you know, he, he came and he lived with them in a way like, I'm going to sit at home, you come to me, I preach the gospel. Paul went to the synagogues, he preached the gospel there. Wherever he went, he told three people about Christ and he also worked with the people. So he was showing them Literally, this is how it is. And in his work way, in his doing the right thing, in him loving the people around him, they started following his example. If you do these things, verse 12, then those who are not believers will respect the way you live. How amazing is that? All of a sudden, when I trade with people, and now I do it in the right way, and I treat my brother and the sister in the right way, and don't do what the other guys around me do. My prices stay the same. I'm going to get to that now. If that happens, people around you will see, but this guy's doing proper business. He calls himself a Christian. How many times have you heard friends say, I don't deal with Christians in business? I've heard it. I've heard people say they deliberately don't employ Christians, and they deliberately don't do business dealings with Christians because they get done in so much. That's not how we should live. Paul says, no, that's not. You must show the people around you in good standing. I'll get to that now. And you will not have to depend on others for what you need. Because if you work, you will get pay. Right? Hard work, good pay. Cool. So the first one I want to bring up is holy and honorable. Let your yes be your yes, and your no be your no. Matthew 5, verse 37, Jesus said it himself. Whatever I do, whoever I speak to, in my comings and my goings and my dealings with people, let my yes be my yes. So your word, there's that saying that says your word is your honor. Okay, let my word be my honor. So if I say to someone, I'm going to do this, I do it. And if I really can't do it because I'm in a traffic jam and things happen, then I contact the person and say, I can't make it and I can't do it now, but we will get it done. I've got an example. It also says, the Bible says, be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1 verse 16. So God says, you must be holy, for I am holy. We must live the example. So holy and honorable. We do not trust in idols or in self. When it comes to a holy living and when it comes to business especially, we cannot trust in anything but God. He's my provider. He's my source of income. But when I do dealings with people around me, I have to be honorable. I have to be holy in my dealings. I put down here, this, this might be hectic examples, but how many of us have maybe received a bribe in our businesses that we're in? I know we deal with a lot of people and th you hear things. You hear, if, if you give me this deal then we'll get this commission, but you must do this, and you must give this and this and this to the following people. And that's how we're getting this deal. And people might be getting deals, but they're also getting bribes. Falling for a bribe, sometimes we have to say no, even if it means I'm not eating that night, but I'm living a holy and honorable life. I'm not taking bribes. Another, another example I thought of, this happened to me once in school. Man, I was upset, but I'm also glad it didn't happen. I wasn't knowing... I didn't know better, okay? So they, they said that there was one of the exam, um, examinations, what's the papers, that leaked. So, so if you just study this, you'll pass. And it was there. And me and my 
<laughs> naïveness thought, nah, won't happen. So I let it go. I had the paper. Vrachis. That was the exam. So I could have done very well in my exam, but I didn't. But all the other guys took part in it. It wasn't holy and it wasn't honorable. They might have passed and they got away with it. But you see, the thing, what happens with that is you got away with it now. Later you'll get away with something more. You'll get away with something more. And before you know it, the police is knocking at your door and you're not getting away with anything again. And they might lock you up. So it starts with this. Second nugget. Ooh, sexual purity. Hmm. Okay. So I said the word. It's happening. So I want to talk about that tonight, but not in the way you think. I'm going to encourage you guys, and I want to bring, like we said, different perspectives. So I want to encourage you guys with something tonight. I heard this the other day, so I'm giving you some examples to help you stay pure. I don't want to know who's unpure or impure sexually currently. I want to give you examples of helping you. So I'm going to speak of two scenarios. Is that me, Rob? I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so what happens? Here's the one thing. We fall into temptation when the following three things happen. We are tired, we are bored, and we are lonely. Those are your red flags. Jonathan, you should know this. You read the book. Yeah. When you're tired, lonely, and bored. I want to use David as an example. David and Bathsheba, what did he do to her? No, 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 sorry. <laughs> I'm just checking if you guys are awake. Yeah, lacquer. So David and Bathsheba, what did he do? He was walking on the roof the one day. Why was he walking on the roof? Because he was alone. He wasn't at war. His whole army was fighting. Where's David? Alone on his roof. Why is he alone on his roof? Because he is bored. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have a cell phone. So he's just walking around on his roof, <laughs> lonely, bored. Maybe he's tired. That's why he stayed. Okay, let's give him the benefit of doubt on one of these. But two of those happened. And those are your red flags, people. If I am in a relationship, not in a relationship, but the moment I'm tired, first red flag. When there's a red flag, there needs to be discipline and things set in place not to fall for it. Example for the guys. If you are tired, you want to go to bed, take your cell phone, plug it in in the kitchen. You can walk tomorrow morning and switch the alarm off instead of having that thing next to your bed. Okay, that was very serious. Sorry. But that's a reality. That's where discipline comes in. I charge my phone because I know tonight I'm tired. I shouldn't have my phone next to me. Because when I'm tired, I might get bored and I keep looking on my phone. Okay? With ladies, I think a lot of things we... We. <laughs> with ladies... <laughs> I'm sorry. From my dealings with ladies, a lot of things is th that they struggle with and something is, is maybe in the area of envy. Where the guys are the internet, the ladies are this er the area of envy. I envy this person. or I so want that. And then jealousy makes you nasty and, and, and. Okay? So, but again, the principle applies. Tired... Lonely, bored. Those are your red flags. Don't fall in that trap. Paul challenged them with a life consistent of Jesus' teaching. One wife. This is what he said. One wife. Not plenty, one. And this goes into my next one. You see, people think, no, I got married, and it's one wife. But what happened before marriage? This is where I want to 
shift minds tonight. I heard this from Craig Rochelle, just to give honor where honor is needed. He said the following. He said the other day, because how I found this out is when I do premarital counseling, I usually give the people homework. I don't like homework, but it's nice to give out homework, okay? So I give the people homework. Craig said in this one thing, he said the following, and I thought, I never thought of it this way. There's a lot of thinking going in tonight. He said this. He said, when some people get into a relationship and they do marriage things, there's kids in the room, okay, so you know what the marriage things are. When they do marriage things before marriage, okay, and something happens and they break up, okay, that can happen. So let's say you move in together, you're not married. Let's say you, anyway, so all these things happen and it happens with one, two, three, maybe 17 people, okay, you go, oh, there's more, so, man, there's some people can write pages of the people they lived with, okay? The thing is, now they get married. And by the way, statistics, when you get married and you've been living together before marriage, on that, there's a statistic that says 80% of those marriages fail. Besides the marriages, that's normal, okay? And I'm not, I'm not picking on people that used to be married and were divorced. I'm trying to help the guys that's getting into marriage. So here's the thing. Now I've been doing married things and breaking up and doing married things. Now I'm, in, now I'm married properly, legally, done it right, okay? And we get into a fight. What do I default to? I have been practicing divorce my whole life. So what do I do? I get divorced. Instead of living holy and honorable, me doing the wrong thing, not the right thing, so every time I live with someone, we break up, we move on. I've, I'm practicing divorce. I'm not practicing marriage. See, that's the twist the devil wants to bring in. And I don't want to practice divorce. You, actually fear bookie. Yeah, you don't want to get into something like that. So I want to tell you or just share that with you and encourage you guys. When it comes to sexual purity... This is an area, so this is a big nugget. I mean, if Paul were teaching these people for five months, and these three things are part of what he taught them. I'm not saying that's all he taught them, but these are part of him. Holy, honorable, and stay good and clean in sexual purity. The last one is to love each other. You cannot neglect that ever. How amazing is that? Paul says... They were taught by God himself how to love each other. And that's something we must do. Paul urges them to do it more and more and more. And I want to urge you guys, everybody sitting here tonight, we were in this place tonight, it's a whole different perspective. But with these three things, holy, honorable, sexual impurity, make sure that you know the red flags, and then loving each other. To love my brother and sister, to love the person and that they would know I've got your back and I've got your back. And in this surrounding, in this place we're in, that the love we have for each other will show the world around us that this is how Christians live. And that it will ignite something in the people around us' hearts to say, I want that. Now we prayed for Angelique tonight. It's family. You know? We, we, 
We grieve in each other's grief, and we rejoice in each other's joy. That's family. That's where family comes in. That's where community comes in. That's why we're on this community with a mission to reach these things. And I said to the Lord in my closing, and this is where I want to challenge you guys. I said to the Lord, but how? Paul said these things. The church were flourishing, but how? And the only thing I could think of, and there might be many other reasons, but the one thing I could think of is the Holy Spirit. I can hear these things. I can try and do these things, but if I'm not doing it through the Holy Spirit, doing it through me, Acts 1 verse 8, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and He will empower you to witness. If I rely on the Holy Spirit and on His strength and surrender to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will help me to witness to everybody around me. And when I do that, We'll have a flourishing church. Next week we have the Christmas by candlelight. And we have all those nice things where I can invite my friends to come and join. And the week after that, we have another evening service. And then we're in the holidays. These three things. Maybe some of you are going on holiday next week and we won't see you. Keep these three things in mind. I actually challenged the guys the other day, and I want to challenge you tonight, but it's something completely different. <laughs> when it comes to my physical body, I want to challenge myself not to gain more than 500 grams this December. <laughs> Ask Olivia. She's not happy to hear that because the discipline is real. <laughs> I see her face. But then on the other side as well, I want to challenge myself, and I want to leave the challenge with you that in my dealings in December, that I'll live a holy and honorable life, that I will be sexually pure, and that I will love the people around me. In December, there's so many new people coming to the city. Can you imagine you go to the shopping mall, you meet one of your friends, and they have someone visiting, and just the love you show that person, they go back to Cape Town, Austria, wherever they come from, but they remember the love that the two of you had between each other, and that changed them. That can happen this December. So that's a challenge I want to leave with you guys. Is that good? Lacquer. I want to pray for us. I want to pray that we will be dependent on the Holy Spirit. But I also want to pray that... We will be loving towards each other. We experience God's forgiveness here tonight, and we experience God in a way of how He's pouring His love into us. And just as we have a different perspective here tonight of things, of how things happened, let's allow the Lord to also come and show us how to love people differently. And it's by the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I pray, as we're just sitting in, in Your presence, I pray, Lord, that as we go into this holiday season, that we will truly flourish in our faith. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you have never said, Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me and I want you to become my best friend. And as you're sitting just under my voice and you want to pray that prayer, just say it softly in your heart. Holy Spirit, 
be my best friend. You see, just as Jesus and the Father is real, the Holy Spirit is also real. And He lives in your heart. He's in you. And He helps you. He guides you. He counsels you. And He's there for you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch each and every person now that's saying, I want to be your friend. And maybe... As you say, I want to be your friend. He's already telling you things right now. And a very good thing to do when you say, Holy Spirit, I want to be your friend, is whatever he tells you to be obedient to that immediately. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to your people. But I also pray, Father, that you will help each and every person here tonight in their hearts, give them the boldness, the courage to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit tells them to do. Maybe while I was speaking about some of the things being holy and honorable, you felt, and maybe I'm not so holy in this area, and the Holy Spirit's telling you now you're not so holy in this area. Be obedient to that. What do you do? Lord, forgive me. I will go and make right what I've done wrong. Maybe you're not loving your brother as you should. Or maybe you're sexually impure in some area. And the Holy Spirit's just saying, you just asked me to be your friend. And as your friend, as a loving friend who wants to see the best for you in this area. And all you need to do is say, forgive me. And I'm going to make this right. Not because it's out of works, but the Bible says in whatever we do, no matter what we face, we keep doing the right thing. 1 Peter. So, Lord, I pray that as we go in this week, that you will bless us, that you will hold us close to you. Holy Spirit, that we will come to know you in a way like never, ever before. That we will be known as a people who love each other, who is dependent on the Holy Spirit for guidance, wisdom, counsel. And that we live pure and holy lives. Not because we snobs, Lord, but because we surrender to you and your guidance, and put you on the throne, Jesus, and not our things. Amen. Amen. Listen, guys, last connect. It's happening tonight. Please, go to the functional. Have a coffee. Am I missing something? Not. Oh, sorry. I, I thought I missed an announcement. Sorry. Please go to the functional. Have some coffee with us, and enjoy the rest of your week. Amen.